0: Welcome to the dream for others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world this is the podcast for you now let's get started and dream for others today i am honored to have andrea renee on the dream for others podcast andrea is a vision-led facilitator and coach who believes that together we rise she is deeply committed to doing her part in cultivating a world that works for everyone and does so by placing her work at the intersections of personal growth social justice and conscious business. As the creator of Coaching as Activism, she supports people doing transformative work to deepen their impact by taking a critical look at how their work and lives are connected to social change. As the co-founder of Whole Self Liberation, she offers and uplifts practical tools, resources, and wisdom for those who want to make change happen in their lives and communities. As a coaching consultant, she works with entrepreneurs, businesses and organizations that want to be more inclusive and impactful, do so through their approach to leadership, marketing and company culture. So I know that she will have a lot of wisdom to share with us today on how we can apply a social justice lens to our lives and our work. But before we get started, if you haven't heard already, We now have a philanthropic podcast project where Dream for Others listeners are joining forces to make a difference for as little as $2 per month. We would love for you to join us at patreon.com slash dream for others. Now let's jump in and learn from Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so much for taking some time out on your Friday evening to chat with me.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. It's worth it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm glad. We'll see what you think at the end. You might change your mind. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Part of the reason why I'm really excited to talk with you today is because I know that you're on a bit of a mission to integrate the personal development and social justice worlds, which is something that I've found myself being on a, a path like that too, as someone who was a coach and a human rights activist and is doing my master's in human rights, I, oh, I just started on this path of thinking how can we build more of a bridge between those worlds, which is what brought me to this podcast. And then I discovered your work and mm. your blog post, I think it was around how the self-help industry isn't changing the world, and I went, oh, my gosh, I've got to talk to her. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you for letting me do that. Um, But my question to start off is, especially for those who uh, haven't come across your work before, is, you know, what is your story? How did you come to be doing the work that you're doing? And how did you end up being on this mission or advocating for integrating those two worlds?
1: Yeah, so... I mean, I, I kinda I mentioned this a little bit in the in that blog post about the self-help industry. I grew up with a lot of self-help resources around me because my dad is actually a coach. He's been a coach since I was maybe like three. <laughs> um, and different kinds of coaches like executive coaching, career coaching, life coaching, relationship coaching. But he's always been involved. And so I grew up on seven habits of highly effective teens and how to win friends and influence people for teen girls and <laughs> and things like that um so i i was just like constantly in this question you know of like how can i how can i express myself how can i be my best self how can i really like feel powerful and and then i was also growing up i was always attracted to, um, not necessarily like a positive way, (laughs) but I was always attracted to like stories of injustice, um, and always like questioning like the Holocaust and the Atlantic slave trade and, uh, 9-11 and, um, like all, all of these, um, world and like U.S. events that, have been like really harmful to people or there's just like a lot of, we have a lot of feelings about them. <laughs> um, right, right feelings. Like we, of course we do, but always like questioning, like, why did this happen? What, what created this, the, the the people that held leadership during these events, like what was going on with them. And um. so I was just always like, wanting to know and wanting to alleviate suffering in in like the people around me and the world as a whole. So as I, as after I like went to college and everything, or once I got to college, I had gone through all of this like training and everything having to do with social and emotional intelligence and uh, leadership other like personal growth, personal development kind of things. So, and it was very individualistic. It was very focused on the self and I was coming from this place of like if I change myself, the the world will change, which I still hold <laughs> a little bit, but there's more to the story. Yeah, and so when I when I when I went to college, my my school was very social justice oriented and very much focused on the external, the the systems, the institutions, the culture, as as like reasons or places where change can happen. And that was really hard for me <laughs> to like deal with because I was kind of, I, I grew up in this and I was trained in this way of thinking, you know, um, the individual will change the world. So just going through college, and and this is what I focused on while I was in school. I, I focused on like the integration of these two parts of myself, where I was like really interested in how do I heal, how do I grow, how do I help others heal and grow, um, and also interested in like how <laughs> how do these social issues not be issues anymore? So that's what my my school my schooling was about, um, bringing together those two parts because it feels like I'm kind of I'm doing it first and foremost, like selfishly for myself, because it felt like I was in these like two frames of mind. And I wanted to like really understand like how, how my personal healing and my individual strives toward like achieving my potential or or whatever, how that's intertwined with uh, oppression and systemic injustice and, and all of these things that are happening Outside of me, but affecting me internally, um, so that's a really long answer to your question but uh yeah i just I, I've just kind of always been on this quest of like understanding the why's of like our of our lives and the why's of like why why did these things happen? why does this happen inside of me?
0: yeah, that's fantastic so did you then did you launch your business from this perspective after school and after kind of feeling into that internal tension. Did you then mm. launch the business as it is today with that blog post? Or did you was that a bit of a progression as well? It started as a coaching business and progressed to integrating more social yeah. justice?
1: It was kind of a progression. I I I started coaching just like for free, but like having formal sessions. When I was 19, like I didn't take the business really seriously until like last year, <laughs> like 2016. Um, so, but I that that blog post came out in I think June of 2016, and that was like a huge catalyst for me because it it went a little bit viral (laughs) Um, and connected me with so many people that were also doing or thinking about how oppression and um, injustice and things like are affected by or in touch with or connected with um, their work and their lives. But yeah, so I, I, part of my work in school was also Like looking at business, looking at entrepreneurship, especially online entrepreneurship from this like social justice perspective as well. Like how can we do business without perpetuating harmful, harmful ideas, harmful ways of being um, and creating more harm while trying to undo the harm or or heal the harm. Uh, So that was also a part of my studies. So I, I started and like really launched my business while during my last year of college. And after I graduated, just like continued it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Because they're really, uh, they're really complex things, aren't they? Where you need to keep multiple thoughts in mind um, and aren't easy to always articulate in a, on a website or (laughs) in a business model.
1: Yeah. Well, and my, When I first started coaching, my, it was not at all integrated with like social justice ideas or perspectives or principles. It was just very much like focused on healing and focused on um, emotions and and belief systems and and things like that. But um, yeah, it has been like a huge, uh, a huge progression, but it's also been more of like a like an unraveling yeah. <laughs> of just like getting deeper because it's always been the same thing. It's always been about like people showing up for themselves, showing up for their communities uh, in the way that's like most authentic to them. But I've just like, it feels like I've both added layers and like taken away layers yeah. <laughs> as I've like gotten more clear on what that, what feels right for me. In this like current moment in my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I completely resonate with that. I was feeling a similar thing when I launched my business. And then I wrote a blog post as well of when I was feeling this tension about the human rights and the entrepreneur world. And I had a lot of coaches and other entrepreneurs reach out to me by email and on the blog post and on online and say, I feel that too. And I've been scared to voice it um, in this world. And then that's when that deepening process just kept continuing (laughs) those layers, Mm -hmm. as you said, and that unlearning and, and change. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it it was so like writing that post for like the post itself, like came out of me (laughs) pretty, pretty quickly. Like, I think I just woke up one morning at like four (laughs) o'clock in the morning and, and it just kind of like flowed out of me. Mm. Um, but the the posting of it and and the reaction that it got was, like, super vulnerable and raw for me. But it was also, like, that I got that response, too, of, like, people being, like, oh, my gosh, yes. Like, you put it into the exact words that I've been, like, trying to, to come up with myself. So it was really affirming to know that, like, I wasn't the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was still, like, also very vulnerable for me because there are so many, so many eyes on it (laughs) that I didn't expect at all. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: I'll include the link in the show notes so people, if they haven't read it, can go and see what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, The other thing you mentioned in, I think in that same post, was around mixing business and politics. And I mean, this Mm. is something that I've been as well. Uh, I think I have a real i don't know I rant about it quite a bit <laughs> because mm-hmm. we've we've kind of been taught not to mix those things and that that's not the right thing to do, but I've always felt like that's protecting the perpetrators and not the victims and we and that business is different now we have these platforms where we can have these conversations uh, so I'd just love to hear your thoughts on this on mixing business and 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 politics,
1: yeah. Well, my, my thought is that having a business is a political act. Having a life is a political (laughs) is, is, is like inherently political. Um, I think, it, I think it's an Angela Davis quote that says the personal is political. I, and and it has been, I've, I've seen a shift and just knowing like where a lot of like old business practices were, where it was very much. Like, no, don't, don't bring politics in it. It doesn't really make sense. I think what's interesting is that as having a business has become more accessible, it's made it more possible for people of like multiple marginalized identities to also have a business. There's still a lot of barriers to it, <laughs> but it has made it more possible. And I think that has also influenced like the push for like l- let your business have a political piece to it and not politics in terms of um like the the government and which party or which which governmental I- identity you have or <laughs> like which person you vote for or you know whatever but politics in terms of the way that we relate to each other in our communities and in our systems and the things that we are constantly interacting with on a daily basis, everything is, is political. Me being Black and woman and from the U.S. and how old am I, <laughs> 22, and fat and uh, whatever, and you being a white woman and are you from, are you in Australia?
0: Yeah, I am.
1: And having, and being, having this conversation on a podcast and knowing that this, this conversation will be available to, um, well, easily available to like anybody that has an iPhone. This is all like, they're all, there's all political aspects to all of this Mm -hmm. (laughs) because who gets to have an iPhone and, how many black women get to be interviewed on podcasts and how many white women have podcasts Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, and how often do people from the U S get to talk to people from Australia and who has access to all of these things? Those are all political questions that I think is scary to ask (laughs) because it's, they're like, they're big issues, but you know, who gets to have a business? what makes it possible for us for us to have businesses there's a lot of things in there <laughs> where like if i had a different upbringing or was either a darker shade of black or a lighter shade <laughs> of brown like the there's so many things that would alter the way that i am now so i think in in terms of the conversation of like should I bring politics into my business it's like you must because (laughs) who are you serving who are the people that that you're serving if it's only a very narrow demographic of them being like white uh middle to upper class from like the western world able-bodied cisgender um like if, if if that's your demographic then like yeah, it might be okay for you not for you not to bring politics, but most often you're you're serving a wide variety of people that have different various identities um, that and that affects their worldview. It affects how they engage with whatever you're serving them with, whatever products you're giving them or so it it really doesn't serve anyone as a business owner <laughs> to not really look at these things and, and look at what is what are the things that my customer or my client or the community that I'm wanting to serve, what are they really dealing with? What are they um, wanting for their lives and how does their identities impact that? How do policies, how do certain institutions or systems affect the way that they're going to interact with my business? <laughs> and 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 how how can you serve them? How can you serve them well if you don't know that?
0: I love that answer. Um, a lot of people I know find it difficult to think how they can integrate those things, especially if they have a I guess a business or a platform that isn't obviously political to them. So mm-hmm. you know for us it might it might seem to them that it's easy for us to talk about these things because we do have that social justice activism Mm -hmm. slant to our work and to our I guess public profile but for some people Mm -hmm. I think they think well how do I talk about that when I don't you know when my niche isn't at all related to these things but what you've just said then are these are the types of questions that one I imagine can start asking themselves to see how they can start to add this layer to their to their work and how they serve their people
1: yeah it's it's huge and it is like it's it's a paradigm shift, <laughs> so it's, like, I, I don't take it lightly, but it is something that I'm, like, really pushing for is, like, you don't have to necessarily talk all the time about current events or various injustices or or whatever, but even if it's just in the background, even if it's just in the way that you, if you're, like, specifically if you have a product or a service that's, that's specifically geared towards women how are you defining woman how are you what what is the the picture in your mind of what a woman is and and what does that what is what does that really mean what does woman mean (laughs) um and for for whatever demographic you're going towards like defining what like if it's if it's a woman there are so many different things that versus, you know, if it's an indigenous woman or, and what kind of indigenous, like from what tribe or like from what area in the world, if it's a a black woman or a white woman or a Hispanic woman or a trans woman, like there are so many different nuances in the people that that we're engaging with. And I think so much of business practices and capitalism really functions off of this assumption that like we can narrow someone down into like this one word or like this one description of like who they are when there's so much where we're all so complex we we all have so many things going on inside of us and it makes it harder (laughs) or like it takes more time to like really dig into like where are these people coming from? Um, what do these people want? but I think it's worth it.
0: You can see the critical thinking and deep questioning that you've <laughs> been taught oh, yeah. <laughs> throughout life and and school coming into play there
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
0: so what is your what is your vision for a self-help or online entrepreneur industry that is integrated in this way with social justice. What would what would that look and feel like to you?
1: I want to say I don't know, <laughs> but and, and that I know, but I know it's possible. Um, but I think one of the things that's really huge in like the self help, personal growth world is like looking at our belief systems. And one of the things that was that that really fuels me and angers me (laughs) um, is that it's just like it just takes another step into. So you have a belief about yourself that you're not worthy or um, you're not good enough to take another step. Past, like looking at okay, where did that come from? Maybe it's from your childhood. Maybe it's from this other event in your life, or maybe not even looking at that, not even looking at where it came from, but just trying to like <laughs> move forward. Um, but taking another step and saying like, how does, how do my social identities, how have these these, the ways that people see me, um, or they think that they see me, uh, affect these beliefs that I have about myself or like moving out of the beliefs thing, but just like the way that we like coaches and and healers and anybody that's doing some kind of like deep transformational (laughs) work with, uh, with individuals, there's, a way, and it's it's a like it is a huge shift. Just like I said, it's like a paradigm shift of making space for people to talk about how it feels to be black today. And I keep saying black, you know, because I'm black, <laughs> so it's like personal to me. But like how it feels to be black, or how it feels to be queer today, or how it feels. Um, you know, or what, what they're feeling after like some, some tragic event or something, or the way that, um, that you, you price your stuff, do you, um, is there, is there any sense of accessibility to people that don't have, um, the money that you're asking for? For them to to engage with your work, and even I mean, there's a a big group of people, but I think I think there's a, been enough calling out of this that it's starting to slow down a little bit. But where there's this thought that you know, if people can't pay for what I, if people can't pay for what I'm offering, then they just they they need to work on their money mindset, or they need to um do something, or they're just not ready yet, or um, there's something wrong with them that they can't afford this or manifest the money <laughs> um to to pay for my work. And I deserve to get paid my worth. And um, just wrapped up in all of that are so many um devaluing and dehumanizing beliefs about what it means to not have money does that mean that you there's something wrong with you (laughs) does that mean that you don't have worth um that you're not that that you don't deserve to have access to uh learning about yourself to bringing awareness to yourself to growing and healing um so I think I think what I want most of all, because it's hard to like come up with a vision of what it would look like, but what I would love to see is more people asking like the questions that I've been asking yeah. <laughs> on this, this call the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like more people like critically looking at themselves and at each other and at, um, at their work, at their businesses uh, from this lens of like, Who's present here? Who's not present here? And why? Um, who is this available to and why? And there's no like, there's no right or wrong. <laughs> um that's kind of like an internal compass that you gotta be in tune with. But yeah, to like be in the be in the question of like does this does this feel humanizing for me? for for them for the people that I'm wanting to serve um and are there any places where I am perpetuating the very thing that I'm wanting to help people heal from or or grow from or move out of I think that's that's the thing that I want (laughs) I want the most is just like for people to like be comfortable asking questions and asking questions of each of each other and um and not in a chastising or ostracizing way but in a way that's like we're all trying to make the world a better place we're all trying we're all i i I believe that most coaches most healers want a different world we want a world that that feels better to live in um And so as we all have this like this common goal, how can we support each other and um, support each other in like an affirming way, but also in like a like, let me let me question you (laughs) real quick. Let me see like what I what I what I'm not understanding here or something feels wrong here. Let me um, ask this person what what they think about it. Um, Yeah, I'm just wanting to see more questioning.
0: Mm and it sounds like a different type of questioning than what many of us might be used to it's a different mm-hmm. level of self inquiry that kind of requires a that lens of how we of society a societal and collective type lens and i it also takes a shaking up of what we've been taught because we get taught yeah. particular methods and ways of doing things when it comes to business and marketing and when you ask the questions that you're asking and, and that you've mentioned here today, that takes you to kind of shake that thinking up a bit and to unlearn things that you've learned before. And I know you talk about that too. When I was looking through your website, you talk about this unlearning thing that we have to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just as important as learning. is yeah. <laughs> like the, un- like we have to, I think a lot of times when we're learning, we're, if If it's not something that's completely new to us then we're we're shedding some things that we had previously thought we knew about something, and I think we have to be willing to to go deeper because this is like um, looking at uh, where transphobia shows up in your business or where um, colonization or patriarchy or white supremacy or like or racism, sexism, um, ableism, like all of these things, looking at where these things show up in your business is really deep, hard, <laughs> like emotional, <laughs> stressful work. Uh especially because it kind of it, it attacks so many of us have this like this desire or this belief that we're a good person and when we start looking at ourselves and like noticing the ways that we might have hurt people or perpetuated something that we didn't want to like continue or whatever that kind of like it it shatters that (laughs) we're like oh my god I'm a horrible person um (laughs) and and that's just, it's really hard. So I, I don't want to, like, discount that because I am talking about it a little bit. Like, I just want this to happen and it's really easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> not at all. Um, and there is a lot of unlearning that needs to happen because this is, we all grew up in a world, especially if you grew up in in the U.S. or Canada or Australia, um you're 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 standing on or living on. You grew up in colonized land, land that has been taken away from indigenous people, and just in that, <laughs> um, it's that we we grew up in this world that is so filled with injustice. It's filled with so many beautiful things as well, but it's so filled with injustice and it's deep. It's ingrained into us. It's We, we are socialized into normalizing and being okay with things that we see on a daily basis that aren't right, that aren't humanizing, that aren't um, really honoring people's human rights. So, while while that truth is there, like, we also have to have compassion for ourselves and be gentle with ourselves. Because we didn't choose to be born, <laughs> unless you believe that, then it, I mean, okay. But <laughs> we didn't choose to, to be born into this world that has had hundreds and thousands of years of um, this, this this way of being this belief system this culture that that harms a lot of people we didn't we didn't choose that, but it's our responsibility to deal with it mm-hmm. <laughs> and to try to try to do something better for for next generations um, or else nothing will change
0: mm-hmm. so. yeah and that takes those deep big questions and those that unlearning and that discomfort <laughs> as we do so. Mm-hmm. And that shaking up of how we think and, you know, challenging our, you know, binary thinking and, and things like that, which seems to be another big thing that comes up, well, for everyone, I guess, but also in the self-development world, I find mm-hmm. like even caring for self and caring for other, we seem to think that there's either or, or there's a hierarchy there instead of yeah. thinking about, well, how can we do both?
1: Right. Um, yeah that's huge because a lot that's something that um, I've heard from a lot of people, especially in like this the, the uh, spiritual people that feel like they're spiritual or um, or healers or are really sensitive energetically is like I can't stay I can't stay up to date with the news or I can't watch the news because it's it just it's it harms me and I hear that. Me too. <laughs> and um, there are ways that we can set up boundaries that don't completely shut out the world and the realities of the world while we still take care of ourselves and our needs, because our needs are real and valid. <laughs> but we like, especially if you're wanting to create change in in the world or even taking it down. <laughs> A, a big step but like in your community in your family you have to know what's going on or what has gone on um the histories and current realities of of our world mm-hmm. you have to
0: mm-hmm. yeah and then opening your eyes like you were saying before to how that has impacted our world today and how we unknowingly a lot of the time perpetuate that Mm-hmm. I was doing uh, one of my, I think it was my last assignment in the human rights course that I'm doing. It was mm. on digital entrepreneurship and looking at it through a feminist critique and not surprisingly <laughs> through reading the research, I, you know, I learned that basically the same issues and discrimination and racism and uh, uh, power, distribution and biases that exist in our society and in the real world also exist in this digital business world so you know it was saying things like obviously men succeed or whatever you want to call succeed I don't know what their measurements were for these things more easily than women and then white women and then when you started to look through it with an intersectional lens, obviously women of color, and um, once you started adding different layers there and different um, parts of people's personalities and lives, and it started to get even more and more difficult for women um, in the digital entrepreneur world to the point where there was like a study there saying that women of color were being advised to use different names and to, they were saying whitewash their websites because they will be more successful if they do mm-hmm. that. Um, so reading all of that was interesting as well because the media likes to make out that anyone can start a successful yeah. business. It's, you know, it's the, the day of women succeeding in online mm-hmm. businesses and those kinds of challenges aren't always thought about. So I'm curious if you, I imagine you've experienced some of these challenges
1: yourself. Yeah. Yeah, And, and seeing it a lot too. And I think it's something that goes across like many industries just in our entire, (laughs) our entire world. Um, that, but especially in like, if, if the image that you're putting out there is affecting the way that, that people engage with you or pay you or whatever, or hire you, we We learn, especially when you're black um you you learn that like how to navigate that how how to shift and mold and change yourself in order to make other people, namely white people and non black people, more comfortable around you or more willing to engage with you or more willing to pay you or whatever um, it's a it's a way that we learn how to survive so Definitely in the online world, um, not only is it like it's really hard if you're if you have like an online business or some kind of um, thing that has an online presence, if you're using like stock images, it's really hard to find um, free or cheap stock photos of people of color. So with, with that barrier in itself, and then if you use that stock imagery, it automatically, because of the biases that we all hold, but especially if it's if it's a white person looking at a, a website that has mostly people of color on it, they'll be like, oh, no, this isn't for me. Um, just like the same way if I, if I was a woman and all I saw was men on something, I'd be like, no, nah, this isn't for me. <laughs> Um, so it's like real, these are real, real biases that like, if you don't see yourself, then you'll think it's not for me. Just like if I, but actually I was going to say, if I look at if I look at a website that has all white people on it, I might think it's not for me, but that's not necessarily true because we're taught when you're a person of color or you're black, you're, we're, we're taught and socialized and it becomes a part of our way of being that we always like we can that we see ourselves in in white people or um that we relate we we are taught to relate to white people because that's all that's that's been shown um we're making progress in the media <laughs> and everything like things are things are gearing up, but for a hundred years we've been all we've seen is 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 whiteness on screen, and so we it's normal for us to relate to it. So I might see a website and only see white people and not even notice that all I'm seeing is white people. I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, this sounds cool," <laughs> or or whatever. Um, but the same the scenario flipped around might not be the case. A white woman looking at a a a website with mostly black and brown people on it might be like, oh, no, this isn't what I like. This isn't for me. With no, like, ill intent or um, intention of harm. But it's just our bias. If we don't see ourselves if, if they're privileged, the person with, with more privilege or the person that has an identity with more privilege um, doesn't see themselves somewhere, then it it feels like it's not for them. Um, so I've, I've definitely seen (laughs) like in the, in the culture of Facebook groups and like online entrepreneurship, watch, um, black women. Yeah. Mostly black women, um, like post in, in Facebook groups, like sharing their content or sharing, um, something that they created, something that is, uh, like promoting something, And watch them only get likes and comments and any kind of interaction, mostly from other black women or other people of color in the group, but, and see a white woman post something similar, something on like a similar topic or whatever, and get comments and likes from people of all races, and and just like sitting with that, <laughs> and and being like, oh, okay, so this is happening here too. Like it's just like even though we're all coming from behind a screen and we're not really in front of each other, our biases are still affecting who we choose to who we choose to follow, who we choose to to like their page, who we choose to um, to pay or whose content we sh- we choose to share, uh, because. It, we just kind of graze over it <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean I think that's a huge thing that happens that that I, yeah that I've talked about before and like just pushing people to to look at their biases and or biases and see like where where are the places where because of whatever bias you have against whatever identity how that's keeping you from reading good content or connecting with someone that like maybe you're like, kindred souls or um that's that's the thing about like bias like not only are there like really harmful repercussions that like you know people die because of our bias and the things that the beliefs that we hold about other people um people go to jail because of it people don't get paid don't get supported institutionally um or people just get like bullied and um and then internalize it on themselves and hurt themselves because of it and like on a on a very like human to human level it keeps us from connecting with each other it keeps us from like really taking a second to understand where the other person is coming from, or, or what's even that the other person exists, <laughs> um, which is a huge thing for and in, in terms of thinking about um, racism or anti-blackness is that a, a part of that and a part of every other <laughs> every other kind of oppression is erasing somebody from the existence. Um, in your mind, just like not even seeing them. And if you do see them, like not even seeing them as a human, um, or as someone that's worth your energy or worth your time or worth your respect. So, yeah, I think it's a huge, (laughs) a huge thing. Um, I could talk about it forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we could do a whole (laughs) interview around it i'm very aware myself that i'm very privileged in pretty much every gosh every angle you can look at it As mm-hmm. a white identifies as a woman i'm by bmi i'm in the healthy weight range i mm-hmm. when i i hate having photos taken but i'm photogenic <laughs> um mm-hmm. so i you know, I come from. I'm not rich. I'm not wealthy, but I have enough to pay for courses and to, mm-hmm. you know, if it's on a, even if it's on a payment plan, I can get photos for my website, and you know, I can afford to hire a coach, and mm-hmm. you know, I understand that I'm, oh, I am so privileged, and so mm-hmm. I guess I personally try to ask try to ask some of those questions that you were asking before. And I try to be more aware. And I see all the time where my biases pop up and they're in really hilarious context sometimes. Well, not really, <laughs> but mm. like I was at a, um, what was I, at a, it was supposed to be a debate. I was on feminism and they had some men on the panel and and women of different generations. And I left so angry. <laughs> just thinking about it all and I, 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 fe- I heard myself in my head use the phrase I think I said man up or something like that in my head and I was just like oh my gosh here I am like all cross and about this what I witnessed in some of these conversations and then I'm using a phrase like that that's so mm-hmm. tired to know what it means to be masculine or feminine and and this Mm. kind of binary thinking and everything like that and I see myself and hear myself saying things like that all the time yeah in my head but it's not until you start to I guess ask those questions where you can and there's so many if I stop and think I could think of so many examples where I have um, found or heard myself saying things that I thought afterwards well you need to start practicing something there or challenging mm. that mhm so i'm trying yeah. to do that but i know that it's hard and for you know it does take you to as you were saying earlier the you do have to critically assess yourself and what you're doing and and you will forever find things that you can change and grow on oh yeah
1: yeah it's definitely a lifelong stuff because like whatever whatever age you're at now like you have that many years of of things to unpack (laughs) (laughs) like so there there is no no way to get to to enlightened or healed or perfect but it is a, a practice it's a practice it's a journey it takes a long time
0: is there anything else that you wish someone like I would do uh, was it asking those big questions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think. So my first thought was just like supporting, supporting the people that don't have the same privilege that you do, whether that be in in everyday life or um, in in real life, <laughs> um, going to Going going to like a volunteer at a at a certain organization, or um, going to a protest or especially if it's a protest for people for for the people that don't have the same privilege as you do because to put yourself to to take your body out into um, out into the public out into the streets when you're black or when you're disabled or when you're trans or poor that that is like you're literally fighting for your life (laughs) like you're you're literally putting your um your safety on the line and the more that people um that are that are privileged in whatever way whether it's like black white people going to a black lives matter protest or um able-bodied people going to a protest for disability rights or um men going to a protest about reproductive rights or you know what whatever it is that makes it and we saw it we saw it with the the Women's march um if 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 that if those marches had been especially in the U.S. and coming from a U.S. perspective, if those marches had been all Black women, um, fighting for the same rights that <laughs> that that you know um, that they were actually fighting for, the the protests not were not the protests because people don't even think of it as a protest <laughs> really, um, but the march would have gone completely different um because you see it when the the way that police interact with black lives matter protesters um was completely different from the way that police interacted with women's march protesters um because there were so many white women there there were so many um people that in our culture we don't see as threatening we don't see as Oh, they're going to start a riot. They're going to um, you know, create some kind of harm in the city. You know, doing things like that, or even just in in your in your workplace, wherever you are, or um, in your in your business, like paying attention to um who you're working with, whether that be you know the people that are paying you or the community that you're working with, or the people that you hire. Or the the coworkers that you have, um, just paying attention to like who who is who's here and who's not, and and why. Um, my friend Toy wrote this post about um, Black women that went uh, went around Facebook a lot and got a lot a lot of harassment from from white men. Um, where she was asking, I think, specifically white people to look at or just to like constantly ask the question, where are the black women? So when, when you're in a boardroom, where are the black women? When you're um, at a protest, when you're in the grocery store, when, um, when you're just doing everyday things, wherever, wherever your day takes you, asking where are the black women, where are the indigenous people? Uh, where are the Latina women, where are the Latinx people, <laughs> uh, where are the trans people? So yeah, asking those questions, supporting those people, and also like paying. Like when when you have multiple marginalized identities, meaning that like the, the identities that you hold, um, more than two of them or more than one of them are under supported and undervalued it's it makes it as much harder to make money to 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 get to a place where you can support yourself or support your family so yeah any chance you have throw some money <laughs> towards <laughs> towards like towards marginalized Um, communities, whether that's an organization or like specific people that maybe you learn a lot from or, or that don't do anything for you, but you know, that maybe they're going through a hard time or something, or you see a GoFundMe or you caring page for, um, for someone who doesn't have the same privilege that you do, like sending some money their way. Um. Or sending that if you don't got money, send, sending it to somebody else that does have money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so when you have that kind of conscious filter or I guess looking for ways and questioning ways that you can do that when, when so many things come up, um, like even that, the questions that you were sharing that Toy shared in that post which I saw is looking at your own Facebook page and asking that question mm-hmm. and looking at yeah. your podcast guests. And asking right. that question and looking at who you're supporting in your likes and shares. Um, gosh, even when you look at it through an online lens, there's so many things there, and and then in real life as well, obviously, um, mm-hmm. there's just so many things that we can be doing when you consciously apply that thought there. Yeah. What do you say to women of color uh, who or women who don't fit that mold that we were talking mm-hmm. about that is easy easier I know all businesses and whatnot have challenges mm-hmm. um, but what we, what do you say to women who are experiencing these problems uh, when it or challenges mm-hmm. when it comes to building a business where there is that tension of wanting to really be you and yeah. But then being told that you can't in order to succeed. Yeah. yeah. How, do you have anything you'd like to say to them if they're listening?
1: Yeah. One thing is like realizing for me, for me realizing like oh this this racism thing like it happens online too, like it's affecting the way that people engage with my work was painful for me, and I think just being being Black in this world as a whole <laughs> is painful. So like one, just like allowing space for you to feel that pain. Um, it can feel, even if you're not Black, if, if you're a, a person of color, um, of any shade, <laughs> uh, allowing yourself to like have the pain of like what it means to be you in this world um and then also like finding other people finding community that get where you're at get where you're coming from get what your goals are um that are also going through similar things i think because like one one thing (laughs) in our in our western culture is that you have to do it all alone and And success looks like you getting to the top of a mountain and being like, "I did this, I'm self-made. i'm I created this." And that's not true at all. Um, <laughs> and so leaning on your community or actively seeking out community, um, that would understand you. Um, that's that's been huge huge, huge, huge for me. Um, yeah. And then I think just like, just, just be unapologetically you. And that goes out to all women (laughs) in business, but especially to to women of color and to black women. Um, do, do your best to both like, to both get your money (laughs) and to, to be, who you are in your business. Cause I think when we see that, when we see that, and when we know, so many of us know inherently that if I show, if, if my website has pictures of me all over it, like when white women come to it or, um, people of other races that aren't black come to it, they, they might not think that, it's a place for them. Like we know that. And then we, we think, okay, so let me change myself a little bit. Let me change how I'm showing up, what I'm saying so that more people can come in and so that I can make more money, which is a real thing because (laughs) we have to make money, but try to find a good balance of like being who you are and bringing in money in an authentic way
0: yeah and then, as you said, having that support while you go through that I would imagine challenging balance, mhm, yeah, and not beating yourself up if you feel like you haven't i guess always stuck true to your integrity there, maybe,
1: yeah, mhm, definitely,
0: so you have a program i think called coaching as activism does it explore some of the things that we've been talking about today and can you tell us a bit about that
1: yeah yeah so that program is is specifically for people that are coaches or healers or do some kind of transformative work with one-on-one with with individuals or in group settings um for those people that are wanting to bring more of this this questioning, more of this critical analysis of um, is the way that I'm doing business, is the way that I'm working with people, is the way that I am leading just, is it, is it honoring myself, is it honoring my humanity, is it honoring um, the people that I'm wanting to serve, is it honoring their humanity? Um, and really taking a look at like all of the 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 really intricate places <laughs> where um these these mindsets these harmful and like toxic ways of of interacting with the world how they show up in ourselves and in an, our work so yeah it's a it's a 10 week program that I'm I'm figuring out things still. That's the thing about business is like things change and, <laughs> <laughs> and things like change and shift and, and yeah. grow. Yeah. Um the upcoming is is the third round of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Do you know when that'll be yet?
1: Third. It'll be September. Yeah. Um okay. Yeah. So but yeah, and it, it's growing. There there's a, a self a self-paced, a self-study. Version and then like a live version. So, oh, yeah, fantastic. I'm really excited about it. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you also have, I think, whole self liberation and yes. you're doing workshops and things there. And I was just in the last one on joy and justice and it was amazing. So, what's your mm-hmm. vision with, or what are you doing in that aspect that I know you're, well, are you collaborating yeah. with Cameron on both of those or is it just whole self liberation?
1: Just whole self. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, so with Whole Whole Self Liberation, um, we envision it and are actively creating it to be a place that you can learn and um, educate yourself or get educated on and and get affirmed um, in a way that brings together personal growth and social justice. So we really want it to be an educational resource for people to to look at themselves um, and to bring more awareness to themselves, while also paying attention to the world around them in service of you know creating a better world. So offering a lot of tools that help us unpack and unlearn and release uh, those those like toxic and harmful and dehumanizing messages that we learn about ourselves and each other. So, yeah, we're working on um, putting out workshops and we're going to have a, a weekend retreat slash training uh, in October in San Francisco, California. Um, Yeah. And we're really wanting, we're wanting that to grow and to be a place where people can, can uh, can have support to unpack these things because we saw that that didn't really exist. There was a lot of naming, um naming the problems, naming what's out there, um and what's within us, but not a lot of support in, okay, so I know that the world is messed up. <laughs> I know that there are some things within me that like is is helping to sustain this messed up world, uh, but not really offering space or, or resource to be able to, okay, so like, what do I do now? How do I, how do I move out of this? How do I get into a, a space or a way of being or a belief that is more liberating, that is more humanizing? So yeah it's it's a new thing that that um, I'm co-founder of and and Cameron Aaron is the other half of it. So yeah we're we're hoping that it continues to grow and we're so excited to have you in the workshop.
0: It was amazing and I'm really looking forward to the next one and seeing what comes next and joining in on the community calls and as you can probably tell i have a lot of questions around these things and it within myself and mm-hmm. and um and that i see as well out there so it's an amazing community and mission that you're you're both on there thank you so how else can we those who are listening support you and your work it's through checking out those things that we've just talked about and i'll share those links as well in the um show notes, but what else yeah. is coming up for you and how else can we support this work that you're doing that is so important?
1: Mm. You know, those are, those are the two major things that are, that are happening in my world. I mean, I also have, I guess there is another thing. <laughs> I also have um, a podcast that's called Liberty. Um, and it's about, it's about liberation. It's about the process that that so many of us go through of getting free and the the process of like realizing oh this thing is holding me back from like really really being me really um connecting with other people so let me get free from it yeah. <laughs> and and constantly being in that cycle so i'm like i'm on that show i'm interviewing a lot of um different people people that are doing work in different ways but that integrate a vision for collective liberation whatever that looks like and so asking them like what is that vision <laughs> What what is the vision of of the world that you have um and then unpacking that and and what does it mean to to be free to to get free to um create more freedom
0: Fabulous! So that's yeah, I'll include that link in there as well, and also download it and listen for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you remembered and mentioned it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So with, um, I guess I'll I'll give you the links, and
0: yeah, and, <laughs> um, we'll and you can that. link to it. Awesome. I'll include those in, and as well as the posts, and and even some of the facebook posts that we mentioned and and things like that i'll include them all in the show notes so people can find them easily but otherwise thank you thank you for chatting with me i know we've gone over time and it's getting late there so (laughs) thank you so much this is
1: so good thank you
0: thank you for listening to the dream for others podcast If you want to connect with like-minded people who are passionate about using their platform, passions, and uniqueness for social good, head on over to Facebook and search for our private group called the Dream for Others Community. For episode notes, further inspiration, and access to my award-nominated free resources, please visit NaomiArnold.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate if you'd please subscribe, leave a review in iTunes and share it wide and far. Let's continue to dream for others and I'll talk to you soon.